Welcome to the Simple Programmer Podcast. Making complex programming simple and fast. With everything from career advice to philosophy. John Summers will show you everything you need. It's the Simple Hey, what's up? John Sonimus here. Just want to take a moment to tell you about an awesome sponsor we have at Simple Programmer, which is Hire.com. I'm sure you know how frustrating it can be to search for a new job. Pushy recruiters trying to recruit you for jobs you have no interest in, jobs you apply for but you never hear from again, and worst of all, going through a whole interview process only to get a ridiculously lowball offer. Well, Hired.com has solved these problems. Hired flips job searching on its head. It actually puts you in control of the job search by letting you fill out one simple application and then having employers actually apply to hire you. How cool is that? You also get access to your own career coach to help you get your next job. Hired has access to over 4,000 employers with big names like Facebook. Plus, your profile is automatically hidden from current and past employers. Oh, and they pay you to get a job. Anyway, as a Simple Programmer listener, if you use the link Hired.com slash Simple Programmer, you can get double the normal $1,000 hiring bonus and get $2,000 when you find your next job on Hired. Just go to Hired.com slash Simple Programmer to get started. Welcome to the Simple Programmer Podcast, a short mix of career advice, philosophy, and soft skills from successful author and software developer, John Sonmez. For everyone joining, let me let me do a, a little bit of a, a recap, especially if this is, is your first time. So basically, this is the, the monthly the monthly Patreon hangout. I've been trying to figure out formats. We were doing we had too many people when we first did this, so we had to move over to a webinar ninja, and and then we had to switch speakers. But I like the hangout format if we, if we can keep this if it's if it's small enough group because then we can just anyone can talk at any time and we can just converse back and forth and and, and stuff. But what we were just talking about was that I had put the the video on YouTube. So these this video, so right now, what this video is not live, even though it says it's live, it's recording, but it's private. So people are not watching this live and they can't watch that live. Uh, but my intention is to put this out there. I've been putting it out for the Patreon community, but I want to put it out to YouTube also about a month later uh, so, so that people can get the value from that as well. So just to, just to let everyone know. And, and basically the, the format of this is just, it, it, there's, there really is no format. Is it? We just, you know, if you want to ask some questions, we can talk about different things and, and, and discussions and usually some pretty good topics come up. That's why I wanted to start putting this out on YouTube. But So, uh, so yeah, so welcome everyone. Uh, thanks. Thanks for joining. And, uh, and yeah, and, and I guess one thing to, to say about that is also just keep in mind, like if you, if you talk about something that you wouldn't want someone to know in the, in the world, just try to anonymize that, that data as, as much as possible. Uh, because, because it, it may go Asking a for a friend. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so how's everyone doing how's the uh how's the new new year treating you so far pretty good for me so far uh ended up getting a small raise when i asked for one uh, like we talked about last time so uh good awesome congrats can you guys hear me yeah yep. Okay. How's it going? Good. I actually uh, just just joined the Patreon. I think about a week ago, so this is my first one. <clears throat> cool. Yeah, you you guys are are are. I, I think most people don't realize how uh, uh, the the kind of advantage is that uh, doing the Google Hangouts because you know it's uh, it's a good opportunity. That we, I think we have a lot of good discussions here that stuff. So. Um, so I guess let's let's open it up to to talk about uh, what is what do you guys want to talk about? What what would you like to discuss uh, or any kind of questions I could answer? I got a quick follow up question from the last one for you. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, uh, we're talking about uh, like book publishing stuff. Um, I've still been you know working through the 
the tutorial kind of book format that I've been doing. And I was just curious, uh, twofold. One, um, I know you were like, oh, you know, you should go ahead and like try and do a traditional publisher or whatnot. Is there a length that's too short? Because, uh, I mean, I don't know like the total like length and pages and whatnot it'll be because uh, I'm not doing a word count on like the code section so far and I'm going to you know, have images and whatnot. But I'm probably 50, 40 to 50% done and I'm only about like six or 7,000 words in for what I was thinking. So I was like, yeah, it seems like it'd be too short for like a book or a traditionally published book. So you're saying like is for the length for going through a traditional publisher? Yeah, like what, what would you say like maybe a min length for a, for a book? I know you have your giant tome that you're about to release. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, you know, that most like for, for a book book title, I think you're looking at a minimum of at least 30 to 40,000 words. You know, an ebook, like the minimum ebook is really about 10,000 words in my, in my mind. So, you know, just one of those kind of, uh, but, but for a traditionally published book, if you, if you think about the, the size, I mean, let, let me, hold on, let me grab a book here that I just, that I got that was kind of thin. So Manning sent me a copy of this grokking algorithms book and it's, it's fairly thin, I think for a book. So I don't know what the page count or the word count is, but the page count is like, what, about 230 pages. And the text is kind of big with lots of illustrations and stuff. So I, I, I don't think you can go much smaller than that. Like you can feel the thickness of this book. And it, when you start to go smaller than that, it, the words are so big, it, it looks like you feel like you're being ripped off or that you're reading like a children's book. <laughs> so. So I think, but if you're, if you know, but the content is only as big as the content is. So right. you don't, you definitely don't want to add fluff to a book. My, my recommendation would be to look at doing like a Kindle release of a book or, you know, something smaller, more like the ebook format or bundling up multiple things together. If you, if you can. So you're, cause you were looking the traditional publishing route. Is that? Well, this was just something you suggested last time we talked, just simply because I was asking about a book. And you're like, oh, you should, you know, definitely, like, regardless of it, look into traditional publishing. And then I'm, like, working on it going, I don't know that it's got enough words to be, like, print published. Yeah. It's worth print publishing for this particular idea. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's tough to say. See, I, I just got a contradictory. I just read a book called uh, The 80-20 Principle written by uh was it kosh i think or anyway it's it's a book it's it's he basically his publisher when he when he wrote the book it's a, it's a fairly decent sized book but his, he told his publisher i think i could write an article about this but not a book there's not enough content like i can sum it up in a in an article but he wrote a whole book and it it feels a lot like fluff but he sold millions of copies of it so <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's if if you've got a good idea, then then it's it's probably. But in this case, like a technical book, you're I think being more targeted and is going to be is going to be better. But I don't I I you're not going to find a traditional publisher that's going to publish something that's under thirty thousand words, as far as I know. Okay, good to know. So anyone uh, anyone else got some? Dis discussion ideas or questions you want to talk about? Sure, I got one. Okay. Um, so I actually just started my blog uh, towards the end of November. And it's, uh, I, I suppose the niche is Amazon Web Services. And, um, you know, I, I kind of gravitated towards AWS and I just kind of thought it was really cool. And so I'm, I'm, I'm trying my best to get the blog posts kind of churning out. Um, however, some of them take me, you know, quite a bit of time to put together, double check, edit, um, yeah. get, you know, if I have to Photoshop a diagram or something like that. Um, and I'm actually, <laughs> I'm looking at your site, Simple Programmer, on the Wayback Machine, and it looks like you were posting, you know, 
when you first started, you were almost every other day. And then it was, it was basically kind of once a week or even more often than that. Sometimes, um, is there a kind of a pace you recommend for, um, a pace you recommend for something like that? And then also, um, what was your experience in terms of if you kept that pace, how long was it until you started to notice that you were getting traction? Okay. Yeah. Great question. So there's a couple of things. So hindsight, right? I mean, that's funny. Way back machine. Don't look at my side of way back machine. That's scary. <laughs> but, um, the, you know, the, the, I think hindsight, I could give you better advice than within the path that I, I, I always like go through and learn things the hard way. That's just, I, you know, that's just how I, I am, but it, it works nice for me because then I can teach better because <laughs> pain is, is the best way to, to teach. So, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't advise doing things how I did them, but but from that I, I've got some advice. So so one of the things is that as far as like the as a, you want to get a system in place. You always want to build systems in place because systems are or it's, it's the same thing as building a habit within within yourself right and they're, and they're very related but if you build a system in a business it's like building a habit in a person right i think that's that's probably a, a good analogy there because it sort of runs by itself and it becomes super easy right it's like you know if you're trying to build a habit of running or going to you know going to the gym it, at first it's really difficult to do especially when you don't have a routine and stuff but once you become a routine it, it doesn't it's not that it becomes like uh, mindless, like you, you just, you just do it. It still takes effort, but it's much, much easier. It, it takes like 20% of the effort that it does to, you know, if you've ever like first time going to the gym, I don't even know how to use this equipment. I don't know how to sign up. I don't have a schedule, right? That that's, you know, five times the difficulty of, of your regularly doing it. Or, you know, a good example right now is like, everyone's like some, some people have been telling me, Oh, you should run it. You should do a triathlon. I'm like, Oh, uh, it's, I haven't even ridden a bike or swam, but if I figured that out, you know, the effort to get there would be really difficult to like get all that stuff in place. But once I had it in place then, and I had a regular training routine, then it would be just as effortless as, or it would be just as difficult as, as running four times a week. It'd be the same thing. Uh, so I, I realized that logically. So the reason why I'm saying that is because what I would recommend that you do is you figure out whatever the system is that's gonna work for you for blog. So start off, write blog posts, make it, make it a small commitment of something like once a week. And what you want to do is you want to try a few different things when you're doing that. Try, you know, figure out how long it takes you, figure out what format, like that, you know, maybe you've got some, some types of, of, of formats of blog posts that you can do and figure out how to do them. Like, what are you going to do? What are the steps that you're going to take? Are you going to do it? Are you going to have a bunch of ideas and then you're going to make outlines and then you're going to fill in the details in the outlines, or are you going to include images, bullet lists, things like that, link backs, Amazon affiliates, like figure out all these kind of things and how long it takes you, you know, can you time box things and then start thinking about turning it into a system, a, a templatized system, right? So, I, so a good example is I did this heavily with my Pluralsight courses towards, towards the, the end of my big push of doing, you know, 36 Pluralsight courses in a year is by the time that I had, I was at that point, I had a system. And if you look at my, my, the, the last maybe like 20 plus site courses I did, they all have five modules in them. Alex. Uh, they're all about two to three hours long. And the first module is always introduction. And then there's like, and, and you can see that I have a exact, like they follow the exact same template and format. And so to be really prolific, you have to have that system in place first. So, so that's what I would say is like, and then you can ramp it up, right? So if you get that system in place, then it becomes so much easier because you just say, okay, this is a how-to post and this is what I do for this is I put like, I put three images in there. It's always about 2000 words. It always, I always follow this format where I do an introduction, talk about what I'm gonna do, then show you how to do it and then summarize or, you know, it'll be your own thing. But but essentially you, you do, you start out really small. It, it's almost like doing things that don't scale, right? You start out, start out really small. It might take you a long time to write blog posts, right? It might take you like six, seven hours, eight hours worth of work. But then as you keep doing that, then you're looking for a way to to see, see what works and build a system. And then once you get the system in place, you can shave the time off by, by a huge degree, right? So right now, 
I have, when I was writing my book, right, my, my latest book, the, the, the blog post chapters, those, those are, or those chapters essentially were blog posts or, or they're still coming out as blog posts on, on the blog. So I have a, a way that I did it and I built a, a, a system and in, in template of and how those chapters go and, and how I work on those chapters. And so I could pump out a chapter pretty regularly within, within two hours. So that's, you know, normally that might've taken me like eight to 10 hours, but I could do a, a chapter in about two hours, maybe two and a half hours. So I, I got it down to that, that block. And so that's, that's kind of the value of it. And, and with the Pluralsight courses, I took something that might take like a month or two months and I got it down to such a system that I could crank out a Pluralsight course in a week and a half worth, worth of time. So, so that's, does that make sense? Like that's what I'm talking about as far as developing the system. Yeah, kind of. A, I've kind of done that a little bit with one of them. I haven't done it with all of them. Some of them take me a lot longer than other ones. The how-tos are kind of just a one, do this, two, do this. If I have to paste some code, that doesn't take me too long. But um, yeah, I can I can try to look at some of the other ones and then make a template from them. And then maybe if I don't have much time that, that week, I'll do one of the how-tos. Yeah. And you'll eventually figure out, you know, it, it might be, you know, your system might be that you have five different types of blog posts that you always do, or it might be that you only have one and you always do this kind of blog post, or it might be, you know, whatever it is, or you know, there's going to be a few different layers to how you structure it. But when you don't have to make decisions, uh, then it's going to become easier. And then also you're going to, you're probably going to want to start time boxing at, at some point where, where you, you figure out, you know, if you've got to get a blog post done every week, well, how can you, you know, for that, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm two hours in, that means I need to wrap it up. So that might be, your system might be that I'm going to make a part two whenever I hit that point, or, you know, it might be what, whatever it is that you can repeat uh, because you're going to have to figure out a way to be prolific in order to gain traction. And so, so that, that's, that's the key. And, and as far as gaining traction, how long that, that it, it would take, uh, for simple programmer, for my blog posts, I mean, I didn't, I didn't even see anything that I would, that would resemble traction until after a year of consistently posting. But it took about, you know, around second year, I started to actually see what I would consider an uptick, and then past there, that was enough traction to go. I, I think in any in any endeavor that you pursue, you have to you have to pursue it. You have to produce more than. 80% of the people out there in order to see traction. And that's always the point where you, you see traction. And I've, and I've noticed this in a lot of different fields. You got to last longer, be willing to do more than, than, than a majority of people where they drop off, whether it be from podcasting or YouTube or, or blogging, you know, in, in everything that I've done where, you know, I've seen that traction and, and I've, I've seen it for with Pluralsight. I've seen it with blogging. I've seen it with podcasts. I've seen it with the YouTube channel, all of that always required me to get to this point where 80% of my competition had dropped off because they weren't seeing results and they gave up. And so that, that left it, you know, where, where, where I could get the kind of the lion's share of the results. Uh, that's, that's good to hear uh, this timeline because I was actually wondering about exactly the same thing. I just started a blog myself hmm. and I realized it takes really long time to write up post and in the end you're never really happy with it so i try to follow your advice just post it and then you know we can fix it later so when i'm stuck and i'm like oh okay i think i need like three hours more or so okay i just post it it's pretty decent and then we will see so so far i've got uh, three posts and uh, still working in the meantime on uh, about two more so uh, trying to, uh, to to follow your advice and yeah, we'll see how it's going. But this is good to know uh, that it may take around two years or so. Uh, of course, in, it always takes time to build it up, but at least now I have some kind of reference because I was wondering, yeah, how long it will actually take me that somebody actually will observe what I'm actually posting. Yeah, yeah, and, and it, it it may take time. You just gotta you just gotta keep going, and you're doing the right thing. I mean, that makes you gotta you gotta get it out of your head to uh, that that something's gonna be ever finished or perfect because it's never. I mean, the, the I, I can't think. I've got a whole bunch of things, and I'm a perfectionist, so I've got all these things that are not perfect or not finished 
but they're doing they're making money they're doing well they're that's you know if i if i stopped and, and made something perfect i would never feel that it's perfect and then i would not not get anywhere and i, I wouldn't learn and, and grow so but but, to, but just keep it up and and you're gonna eventually you know you you have to eventually hit traction it's just it just takes a lot that's why i say to get the system in place. yeah and that's why getting the system in place is so important is because as soon as you have a system you can be prolific right you look at anyone who's prolific and they have extreme systems in place in fact you know uh, my uh, my my uh, my wife reads like uh, Nora Roberts, and I, I've scanned through, or I've heard the you know the enough of the synopsises of the of the the stories. They're all it's all the same like system, right? Uh, my my, uh, my daughter was reading these Magic Treehouse books, right? And if you look at that, those books, they follow exact format. It's like this thing happens and then they go somewhere to a new land and then there's a problem. There's an ally that helps them along the way. They learn some thing, they come back and then there's the next thing. And it's so, so that there's a lot of, of series in the, in that book series, there's a lot of books in that book series. And the, the way that the author was able to be so prolific is that she developed a really good system. And so that allowed her to crank it out. Whereas if you came up with every time you're writing a new book, you're like, how should I make this book? Right. And then, then you're going to waste a lot of time. And same thing with blog posts. If you're like, every time you're like, how should I design this, this blog post? That's going to be much, much, harder and it's going to take you longer to get traction because the more stuff you can put out the the faster that the the more surface area you have that people are going to find you and that you're going to gain gain potential traction all right what else uh what else we got what's on your guys minds so also maybe what i've got on my mind for already quite some months uh, i as I posted on your Trello board, this was a question, maybe we can uh, touch on it uh, a bit now. So I'm actually oil and gas professional. I've been working in oil and gas for over six years. And uh, since um, in May, I did, I started a Lean Six Sigma course and, and, and then uh, I started a data analysis nano degree by Udacity. Actually, yesterday I found out that I also was chosen for the Android developer scholarship at Udacity, I wrote my application. So it seems like it will be more work. On the top of that, I also write a blog and work eight hours a week, uh, five days, five times a week. I was just wondering if you have any tips how to uh, switch from from industry like oil and gas to more, let's say, data science, IT, let's say, domain, because I found it very difficult when I go to interview uh, to explain people, you know, how. Uh, how uh, how can I be an asset for a company coming because they don't really understand uh, uh, what oil and oil and gas industry is and it seems to be uh, a bit difficult you know to convince them that I have uh, knowledge I'm building knowledge uh, uh, right now. Okay, so so what what I think is actually I, I was just reading this today. In, in Tim Ferriss's book where he was, uh, the, the Tools of the Titans, he had interviewed uh, Douglas, uh, our Scott Adams, the, the, the creator of the Dilbert cartoon. And he's he's got a really good book, by the way, which, which is, uh, is called, uh, what is it? Uh, How to Fail at Almost Anything and Still Win Big in Life or something like that. But he talked about there specifically he said there's two ways to be really successful that that he's that he knows of one of them is to be like the best like number one in the world at something like you know to be the best basketball player to be an nba player or something like that but that's really hard to do to be the best in the world it's really really hard very few people are ever going to be able to be the best at one thing but he said the second way is to be in the top 25 percent of two things and so and, and that, that that he said more more people can do that. And he he gave his example. He said, "I'm not a great cartoonist. I'm not a great artist, but I'm in the top twenty five percent. And I'm not a great uh, stand up comedian, but I'm in the top twenty five percent." So him combining those things, he can make the Dilbert cartoon and, and be extremely successful. So I think that applies very much to to a lot of different areas. Like in, in for example, in software development. So. What I, what I would say that you're going to have the most success with is you've got your strength in your in software development in 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 whatever area you're specializing in. You said I think you said data analytics. Yeah. 
but you've got that 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 gas industry experience as well so what i would be looking for if i were you where you're going to get the 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 most bang for your buck is other companies that are also in the gas industry because everyone needs software developers and data analytics at at this point right in the game there's not a company that doesn't have software developers so when you come in and you say you know rather than you just trying to like for example, get a job at Microsoft or something, which, I mean, if you want to, that's, you can. I'm just saying, though, but you've got a unique advantage because if you come into that industry and you look at the players in the industry and you apply for jobs there and, and you or you talk to them and you, you tell them what you want to do and what you specialize in and that you know this, this industry, which in a lot of cases today, I think in the software development field, domain knowledge is more important than raw skill because... We can outsource raw skill, but you cannot outsource domain knowledge. So if you've got a unique set of domain knowledge, that that's what, how I would be marketing myself if I were trying to get a job. If I were you, as I'd be like, or trying to improve, you know, go to a, and, and and switch maybe even even the uh, the specialty within the field. Is I'd say, okay, can I find? Let me get a, a list of everyone who's connected to. Uh, the the gas industry the in the and and let me see all those companies let me go through that that list see if I can find you know reach out to them even if they don't have job openings and say look I've got this industry experience I'm an expert in this I'm transitioning into this and then and that's going to give you that's where you're like you know top twenty five percent in two things and that's going to be one of those things where it's going to be a perfect match I mean think of it from the company perspective right if you're going to hire someone like well, well let's let's say that let's say that me running simple programmer let's say that I needed to hire a developer now I don't I, I haven't reached the size where I need to actually hire software developers but if I did the kind of if someone came to me and said I'm an expert in internet marketing and doing doing like podcasts and YouTube and all of that stuff and in email and, and copywriting, but I'm also a software developer. They're going to be a really good hire. For, like I, I'm going to I'm going to be very very excited to hire that person because they understand the business as well as can do the job. And, and that would, I guess that would be really for any job that, that I would hire someone for. Yeah. Thank you. All right. What what else we got? What else is on on your minds? This hey, John. I'll, I'll throw something out there. So, right, uh, yeah. So I'm actually in the transition of uh, changing careers from customer service over into IT. And uh, I recently saw on Twitter that Hack Reactor offered their prep course. It's about 80 hours. And I wanted to kind of get your take on boot camps in general because I also got accepted to Launch Code up in downtown Seattle, and I wanted to see if boot camps was the way to go or if self learning is still kind of the preferred way to teach yourself uh, and kind of grow your development skills. I like I like boot camps better. Actually, I, I'm I'm pretty big on boot camps. Given one thing, this is what I think is critical: don't do a boot camp unless you're going to be in the top top 10% of of the people that graduate of, of your class. If you're not going to be in the top 10%, then don't do it because it's almost guaranteed that the top 10% are going to be successful and get good jobs afterwards, right? Any, any boot camp that couldn't graduate their top 10% would be horrible, right? So if you hit the top 10%, you're guaranteed. In fact, I'd be trying to say, if I'm going to enroll in boot camp, I'm going to say I'm going to be the number one person in that boot camp. Like I want everyone in my class to say, and the teacher of that boot camp to say, this person, you know, John Sanmez, he worked harder than anyone else. He's better than anyone else. If I have to recommend anyone from this class, it's going to be that guy, right? And and it might not be, you know, it's just because you're willing to work that hard to make sure that you're the best, right? But but if you're not at least doing the 10%, then, then don't do it. Because the reason why I say that is a lot of people say, well, John, should I do boot camp? And, and I get these emails and I, I get the feeling, the impression from them that they're like, well, you know, if I, it's almost like an entitlement. It's almost like if I do this, if I jump through this hoop, will I get this job? Can I become a software developer? And my answer is no, no, it's, it doesn't work. that The world doesn't work that way. You can't just like, it's the same thing. You can't go to college and get a CS degree and then expect a job. It doesn't, it's like, are you willing to work and, and learn the thing and provide value to the world? And like, and so if you're just like, well, you know, and I'm not accusing you of this, Jim, but, but in general, there's a lot of people that are just like, well, well, 
what's the guaranteed thing to get me a job? If I just, if I sign up for this boot camp and complete it, will I get a job? I don't know, like probably not with that attitude, but I can almost guarantee you that if you sign up for a boot camp and you're in the top 10% of the, and, and you're, you're definitely willing to work that hard to be in the top 10%, and anyone who's willing to, it doesn't matter how much knowledge or experience you have in software development, if you, anyone could get in the top 10%, right? I mean, it's, it's not an extremely high bar, right? There's a lot of really beginners starting out there. If you're willing to work two times, three times as hard as everyone else, you're going to make it in the top 10 otherwise you're just not going to make it anyway so i there's there's nothing that you can do right if you can't if you can't you know have that that level but if you can hit that top 10 percent, it's almost guaranteed so i always want to do things that are almost guaranteed and like i said i'm trying to be the number one now there might be some super genius person that you can't be but then you can still be number two because the whole thinking is that right those boot camps companies ask those the people that are running those boot camps Who's their best person? I would. That's what I want to hire the best person on the boot camp. And if they say you, you're going to get a good job with a good salary. So that's 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 to me that's a guaranteed way to to success. Is if I mean if you enroll in a reputable boot camp and you, and you honestly are willing to commit to the level of being in the top ten percent, that that's one of those things where I'm like, well, how could you possibly fail? How how could it like? The boot camp couldn't even exist if they cannot take their top 10% of graduates and, and place them. So Yeah, and actually uh, with Hack Reactor, I know they only hire the top 3%. And, you know, even though it's a 60-hour kind of prep course, I know it's a really reputable boot camp. But I'm thinking to myself, top three, you know, I might actually not get into that top three. And now I just wasted 60 hours of prep course. But then I, at the same time, I think that's also kind of a skill builder in a way and so that's kind of why i was thinking of going through it but then my hesitation is if i don't get in the top three percent did i just waste all that time i could have been doing something else well you know i mean if you if you're doing the if you come in with it and say i'm gonna just try i hope i get in the top three percent then then possibly but if you come in with it and you're like i am my goal my you know, every morning I wake up and I write, I'm getting in the top 3% of Hacker Actor on a, on a notepad 15 times and say in front of the mirror, right? If you're that committed, like if you're, if you're adamant that that's, and, and you miss, you're going to learn so much in that process, right? It's going to be, you're going to, because it's ultimately with the value that you're getting out of it, right? You know, I always say like, you could take someone like, like Warren Buffett, yeah. And you could take all of his money and you could take all the clothes he has, take everything away from him, but you can't take, you know, he's, he's got a certain amount of character that he's built up and knowledge and he's going to be back and he'll be a millionaire or maybe a billionaire in, in a few years again. And so, I mean, what you're, the, the one thing that no one can ever take from you is, is that. So if you go through that process and you learn a lot and not, not just learn a lot, from an intellectual standpoint, but about who you are and build your character and and go through that, you're going to come out with that with the, with a huge benefit. But it's gonna it's gonna be at that level of I'm trying I'm going to hit the three percent. I'm doing everything I can to hit the three percent, which most people ninety ninety five percent of people will not take it to that level. But if you're willing to take it to that level, then then there's no way that you can lose. You you can't even if you don't make the three percent, you're going to win. Okay. Thank you. Yep. What else? What else we got? I got another quick question for you. Sure. Um, having to do with like splitting your writing across domains, because I know uh, like you're you're really big on like specializing and niching down and all this stuff, and and I completely agree with. I've been looking into stuff like that, but there's some stuff like I still want to write about and like put my thoughts out there about on topics that aren't in the niche I want to necessarily be known for would you recommend like kind of writing that out on a separate blog or whatnot so I would I would highly recommend not splitting your your focus instead like I mean this is a hard one right because it's it's hard enough to make one blog successful it it really you really want to pour all your effort into it. The more focused you can be, the, the better it is. But 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 it doesn't mean that you you can just be blind and and only focus on one thing. You, you see what I'm saying? So I guess 
kind of I always have this distribution which is I believe that for most people you should spend 10% of your time or 10% of your effort on far on, on sort of things that may, may pay off in 10 years or 15 years or 20 years down the road that are going to take a long time and that may not actually even work out and then and then that other 90% depending on where you are I would like to see most people spend the 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 60 to 70% of that time and stuff that's going to pay off in 1 to 2 to 3 years and and then uh, and then 20% of that time on immediate cash this is going to pay off immediately now right and <clears throat> but but some a lot of people can't do that because and they have to spend maybe a 50 50 50 split there so the reason why I'm saying that is because what you got to think about is you've only got this this limited time and so i mean you could pick something that is going to be that 10% that's going to pay off a long long time from now and that that could be it but you you don't have very much time to to devote to that and and you've really got to focus as much as possible on on the thing that's going to benefit you in the the 1 to 2 to 3 year time period if if you really want to gain traction so you know, every every blog post that you write on a separate blog would be one that you could have written on your your main blog. Not that you don't have like you know some of these experiments out there, but what I would try to do is I would try to take that content and see can I spin it from an angle where I could actually utilize it in my my main my main blog where it's still related to that topic. Uh, so sometimes you can't. Right, and, and I mean, if you've watched my YouTube channel, I, I definitely do this with with, with a, a pretty. Uh, pretty uh, I, I give myself a lot of rope, and in, in order to do this, I, I figure out some way I, I can make it. You know, and the whole idea. That's why I kind of expand into soft skills, is because that's that allows me to to do that. But had I. Uh, for example, you know, the, the, I, I talk on a variety of different topics. I do a, a lot of different content on a lot of variety of different things. But had I started there, I would have had a lot more trouble. Trouble. In fact, I was a little bit too spread out and not enough focus, and it took me longer to gain traction than than it should have. Like looking hindsight, I would say be as focused as possible as as you can. And until you gain traction, once you feel like you have a level of traction, then you have a level of flexibility that other people don't have, right? You know, if you're if you want to be a famous athlete, don't play basketball and baseball, right? Just focus on basketball, okay? And then if and then if you say I want to go play professional baseball, like did uh, didn't Shaq do that or something? Michael Jordan. Oh, oh, Jordan, right? Then they're like, yeah, you're Michael Jordan. You can do whatever the hell you want. Go ahead, right? And like, you don't even have to be good. I don't care. Like, you're, you're, or Shaq, Shaq's, Shaq was another one, right? He he became really good basketball player. Then he said, I want to rap. And they're like, well, you're, you're like, you're like six, eight, and you're like 400 pounds. Sure. I'm not going to say no. Go ahead, right? I'll sign you on the label, right? So I guess what I'm saying is, you know, once you get the traction, you've got a lot more. Uh, a lot more ability to to maneuver. It's the same thing like when 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 people ask about doing personal blog posts. Well, it's no one cares what you had for breakfast, but they 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 will like people will stalk Brad Pitt in order to take pictures of what he had for breakfast, right? Because <laughs> they because because they care about Brad Pitt and they'll put it in a magazine and people will just like like oh, I got to know what Brad Pitt had for breakfast, right? So. You you can as you build more audience and you build more kind of celebrity in your in your niche, then people will care more. But if you start out with that kind of content or you start out with content that's not in your in your niche and in your target, people are going to be like, uh, yeah, that's too too much information. T TMI. <laughs> that, was, that was kind of the point was that uh, the the you know, like the main blog whatever. I didn't want to put stuff that wasn't part of that focus in it. But the secondary thing would be like, I would still kind of want to write about stuff that I do at like my current day job stuff. That's not um, necessarily focused on the, the niche I want to specialize in or get known for. Like I still have to do this stuff for my day job. So I want to kind of write about it and possibly, you know, have that maybe like you were saying, like the um, 10% or maybe it's just, you know, not not very much time spent on it, but still uh, still off to the side, so it doesn't kind of filter in and with the other stuff. Yeah, I mean, at that point, I think you'll have to think about whether it it conceivably with with the small amount of effort that you put to, towards it, will it actually 
eventually ever gain traction? Um, you know, or or is it just not going to be, you know, or is it something that you're just doing for you because you just want to do it, right? That That's another, you know, I'll give you a good example. Like I was just an entrepreneur. I've been toying with this for a while and, and Derek Bailey, an entrepreneur, just said that he created a YouTube channel, a video game channel where he's recording games. And I thought, oh, you know, for a long time I've been debating. I've been like, oh, I'd love to do that. That'd be kind of cool to make some money off of, uh, you know, like PewDiePie or whatever. But it'd just be fun because I like playing games and that'd be in the so I could record it and I could put it on YouTube, and make a YouTube channel of me, me doing games and gaming commentary. Totally different. It's not going to in any way really overlap with simple programmer. Some people will come over and watch it just because they want to see John playing games. But but I, I haven't done it and I'm not going to do it probably. I mean, maybe I'll do But because when I thought about this, I said, OK, well, let's say I did this. Let's say I did this. It'd be fun. I'd enjoy it. But what am I going to do? Like create like, let's say I create one video a week that like, that's not, it's never, ever good. Like maybe five, 10 years later, it's going to gain traction. Do I really want to like, if I'm going to do it, I'll do it, but I'm going to do like, I'm going to do a video every day. But if I can't do a video every day, I know it's not going to, I know how long it takes to gain traction. I know it's not going to make enough of a difference that it's going to be worth it. Um, so, and, and I've actually got a project that I'm going to do on YouTube. I'm going to go through uh, the, a, a stoic, I'm going to do commentary on, I've had it on my board on, on Seneca's, some of Seneca's writing, but I'm not going to do that until I'm ready to commit to it where I'm going to be able to be prolific enough to put out enough content. Even though I'd love to do it, I'd love to talk about that and, and do that channel, but I'm, I'm not going to do that, that channel. Uh, on the other hand, I am about to split off and make a separate channel. I just decided this week on on fitness and bodybuilding stuff because I've got a huge amount of people on my current channel that are saying, "Hey, John, I, like you're already talking about fitness stuff. You know, can you just make it? Can you just you give me more info on on the fitness stuff?" And I and I feel like since I'm already producing two videos a day, I could just take like three or four of those a week and I can make those videos be about fitness stuff, which some of them are already. And I'll be able to put, if I'm putting three to four videos a week on the channel, that's, that's enough where it's worth it, where it could gain traction. So I don't know. I, I just wanted to kind of walk you through what, as I've been thinking about similar things, maybe that helps you. Yeah. That's, that's some good stuff to consider the whole like breakdown of percentages stuff, like uh, where to put your efforts was really, really good. But, and, and the other thing is if it's just something that you just want to do, right. And you don't care about making a profit or for turning a business from it. It's, it's, it's totally, you know, that, that's a, that's a total different consideration, but, but I've definitely, you know, from, from watching people succeed and fail, I've seen people that have gone through my blogging course and have started their blogs and they have, they got to the point, they're like, well, I've got three things I want to do. So they made three different blogs and <laughs> and 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 they wrote blog posts on each one of them they eventually burned out and, and quit all three and they never got traction on on any of them because what they did was and, and in my mind i was thinking dang it you what have you done if you would have just picked one of those things and instead of writing one blog post every week on three different blogs on different topics if you would have written three blog posts on that that one blog in fact if you would have because you would not have been spreading your effort if you, you would have actually gotten four or five because when you're switching you know it, it's it's going to require more 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 effort to write three blog posts on three different blogs requires the same amount of effort to write four or five on one but if you would have just done that not only would you have not burned out but you would have had traction and you would have you would have had success so that's that's the other piece to consider is like how much time do you actually have you know you've got that's your most valuable resource where are you going to put it and you know and, and could that time if you would have spent that time on the main thing would you have gained that traction point because once you gain traction right it's the same thing as like um it's like it's like uh, becoming financially independent once you get, become financially independent and you don't have to work for someone else you're you're working for yourself you just you just unlock bam you know achievement unlocked eight hours a day you just bought more time so it, it's kind of the same thing. It's like once you gain traction, let's say that you're writing writing blog posts. If you hit the point where your blog is generating enough income that you can now hire an editor or like a, a VA from the Philippines for for 
couple hundred bucks a month that can do the images for your blog posts or format your blog posts or spell check them or post them for you. You just unlock, bam, an extra hour, two hours a week. You see what I'm saying? So you want to get to the traction point where where you where things become easier as soon as possible and not let that stop you. And then once you get to that point, now you've got more bandwidth and you could do more things. Right. That makes a lot of sense. All right. What uh what what else we got? I got one. Okay. Um, <clears throat> So you mentioned that uh, you were speeding up your Pluralsight videos as you were uh, just doing more of them. Um, so I'm actually interested in doing the Pluralsight route myself, but I'm, yep. I'm unsure of when I go on there and I look at some of the authors, I mean, there's some pretty accomplished people on there. Um, how was how uh, your experience with the vetting? Is there a certain level in your career uh, that you feel uh, you have to be at before you apply, or is it more just about can you produce good video content uh, that's true um, at any point? It doesn't It doesn't really matter your seniority level or that you're an M a Microsoft MVP and, and such. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good question. Well, you know, to give you some background, when I started with Pluralsight, I, I, I was it was way more intimidating than it is now, right? It was like like the, the people that were on Pluralsight when I started on Pluralsight, before I actually started my course, were the people who I've been reading their articles in MSDN magazine, right? And like they were all the luminaries in the, in the Microsoft space in the industry. Like every single one of them was a famous person that like I, like at that point in my life, if I shook their hand, I would have been bragging and telling everyone I shook, you know, uh, Dan Walleen's hand, like, you know, that, and that was everyone. Right. And so I was the only unknown person there, but I didn't. I didn't let it stop me. I, I just pretended like I was just had just as much right to be there as as possible, as as, as they did. And and I think that's kind of what you got to. You know, you a, a really smart. The smartest thing that you could do, I think, is to take advantage of both the good old boy system and the meritocracy at the same time, right? <laughs> to to just to just to figure out where where the thing is going to fit. And so. You, you can come in if you have, you know, if, if you're if you're in there with with really good people that have that are famous, what you got to do is you got to just step up the level of what you do so so high that that you're that you're surpassing the, the quality of their their content, even though they've got the reputation, they've got that that other stuff going for them. So that's going to get your foot in the door. So if you come in and you can deliver some really good content and you can because you can you can I mean, the biggest secret that, that I that I've discovered is you can always outwork someone. Right. I mean, if it takes them, if it takes them, you know, 20 hours to do a Pluralsight course. You can spend 80 hours on a Pluralsight course and make it better. I guarantee you can. Like it doesn't matter if you're half the skill. You can. You, if you spend four times the, the effort, you're going to at least produce the same level of quality, probably better. So so that's kind of the key. And, and that doesn't scale at first and you're not going to get the, but if you keep doing that, you're going to get better and you're going to get faster and you're going to get become better. So what I would say is is just look and see where you can where you can fit in, especially if you can if you can find a niche that they're that some of the other authors are not covering, and you can cover that niche, and you can do a good job of it. That's that that's the key thing because if you if you know if you are unknown and you send an audition tape and it's really good. And it it's you know it it teaches the concepts very clearly and understandable, and you do a good job in, of editing your audio, and it's very clear, and you're not using transition words. You've edited all that out, and it and it flows very nicely. They're not really going to care about your reputation, right? It, you, you've got it, it, but if you have a really big reputation and you've got crap videos, they're not going to care about your videos. So. <laughs> You you gotta gotta work which one which one you know is it the good old boy system or is it the meritocracy right in your case here you want to use the the meritocracy unless you've got an in to the good old boy system so you want to say look based on my I'm gonna give you something that's that's really high quality and that's what's gonna get me in the door whereas someone who's already got the the fame they're not gonna spend as much so they're gonna use their name and reputation in order to to get get their foot in the door.
Does that uh, does that make sense? Yeah, I think uh, I think you answered. I, I think I might still wait on maybe a year or two <laughs> before applying. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to kind of see how how you were able to kind of bust in. As a, if it does seem like it's a pretty great opportunity. <clears throat> You know, and, and the opportunity is not as good as it was, right? I mean, gold rushes happen. I, I don't think the, the competition is a lot more. There's a lot more courses and authors out there, and, and it's not as lucrative as it was even the terms that they're offering to, to authors. So I don't want to, you know, there's there's something about hitting the wave at the right time, and Pluralsight was my wave, to be honest. Like, I, I hit it at the right – I busted ass when I got – you know, I mean, I did more courses. And I guarantee you I worked harder than any Pluralsight author, probably three times harder when, when I got the opportunity. But I also hit it at the right time. I mean, it, it requires both of those things. But I would say this. If you're really, really interested in doing Pluralsight, I still think there is still opportunity there, especially if you – if you hit the right niche and it happens to be popular, but I would say go ahead and start the process and try and just, just think of it this way. Like, you know, it's, it's, a, it's learning by fire, right? It's, it's trial by fire. Like figure out, figure out, cause then, then you're going to have a roadmap. Cause if you, if you go in and you start the process and you've got an idea for a video and you make a demo video and you get feedback and they're like, yeah, you're just, you're just too junior. You just, you're not explaining the concepts well, you don't know, right? You're going to take that whole list of feedback and now you've got something to work on for a year. And, and in the meantime, you, you can say, hey, could, could you, uh, I, I've taken your feedback and I made some changes to my video. I know it still might not be the quality that you guys want, but could you take a look and just let me know, like, you know, I, I really appreciated your feedback and I actually implemented all of these. Here, I implemented this change you said, I did this, I'm, I'm actually doing this i'm learning this thing do you think that will help and and you basically you know if you do that establish that relationship then one year down the road or two years down the road when you're actually ready and qualified then it's going to be it's going to be so much easier to get in because now you're 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 paving the way so you got to kind of i would start the process now just to to, to set that expectation because if you, if you think about it too right if if you were let's say the gatekeeper for Pluralsight, and I don't even know who they are anymore, it's it's grown so big. But if you're the gatekeeper for Pluralsight, and you had this one guy that like for a year, every month or so you hear from him, and he's like submitting a video or he's telling you what he's done, and he really wants to get in, right? Eventually, you're going to let this person in. Eventually, you are. You're just going to like any anyone would do it. I, I I mean I guarantee you, if someone comes to my door every day and knocks on the door and says. I want to be, I want to, I want to join your team, <laughs> right? I'm going to be like, go away. You know, just like, uh, what, what's the, uh, fight club <laughs> go away. You're too fat. You're too, too thin. Right. But if they keep showing up, you're eventually gonna be like, man, well, I know this person has gumption and they have perseverance right. And, and, and they're teachable. And that's, that's really all you really need in, in life. And so, you know, so I just keep knocking at the door. That, that's what I say, but start it now. That's the, the mistake people I think do is that they wait until they're ready and then, and then they're, you know, yeah, yeah, they're, they're ready, but now they have to prove themselves. Whereas if you've built that relationship along the lines and you've shown yourself as a person that's persevering, that you're going to get this gold, there's no one going to stop you. Like, it doesn't matter if it's going to take you a year, it's going to take you two years, right? Then I'm going to do it. Then, then you have a much higher chance of success. And who knows, maybe you submit that first audition and they're like, wow, we just we just love your voice. Maybe maybe the the person who's editing the tapes or you know doing the, the review. Maybe they had a high. Maybe 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 the the girl that's doing it had a high school crush and she sounded just like you, and she, and and she says oh, she's just biased to let you. You never know, right? You see what I'm saying? Like, give it a shot and and see. The worst that you're gonna have to face is 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 some rejection, but just expect the rejection up front, and if you get it. Wow, bonus. If you don't, you get feedback and you get to start a relationship and start to show them how perseverant you are. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> I'll do that now. Yeah. All right, I think I got probably time for one more uh, question or discussion. I have a question. I just finished listening to the book uh, Deep Work, which I think you also recommended on your channel. And I really like many concepts that are described in that book. And I really want to learn even more about this kind of techniques. I started uh, using Kanban Flow, which I actually love it, especially yeah. when I see how many Pomodoros a week I've done. I feel really <laughs> that there was uh, some kind of accomplishment that week. 
But do you have any other books recommendations or any other tips that maybe you haven't mentioned on, on your YouTube channel to boost up uh, productivity even more? Yeah, so so there's a couple of things I think, like I'll, I'll kind of gear it towards the, the deep work type of like like doing deep work. And, and I actually did an evaluation of, of myself this year and I was like, what what is going on? Because there were some periods in my life where I was very productive and in deep work. And then I felt like in the last year, I kind of slipped. I wasn't quite hitting that deep work as much. And th there's two things that, that I came up with that prevented me from doing as much of the deep work that, that I that I wanted to do. One of them is split focus. And being, you know, running a company that has has like four or five people working for me now, I have to I I have to have split focus. So there's only so much control. Like I when I was just doing Pluralsight courses, like I didn't realize how good I had it because I could just focus on doing Pluralsight courses. And so when you're doing that, you can really get deep into that. You know, if, when I wrote soft skills, I, I said three months, I'm writing a book. That's what I'm doing. I did a few very other things, but but mostly I did that. So if you can make your focus sing as singular as possible, as much as possible, at least in blocks of time, right? It doesn't mean that you don't have to pursue, it, it's just you wanna make sure that you don't slice it as, as much as possible. So batching things up, right? You know, if you can dedicate a week to doing a specific thing or or something like that, that's that's going to help you as far as being productive in the, in the deep focus type of area, those un uninterrupted blocks. Uh, the second thing that I found that that was a weakness for me, which I it slipped in, was checking stuff. Checking, I call it stat checking, right? Which I realized that okay, now that I've got the YouTube channel and I've got Twitter and I'm doing all these things and I've got you know all these these different projects going on, I would go and I check out the comments on YouTube or check out the view stats or check out Twitter or Facebook and see how the the things are performing there, and I check my email, and so that was actually eating a lot of my time and and there was nothing there was no result that was that was coming out of that activity i was i was getting nothing no no value out of it right i mean in fact not only was i not getting a value out of it i was actually getting emotionally hijacked because youtube is kind of a vile place for comments <laughs> Right. And so when you go in there and it doesn't matter how strong you are, when you read someone that says, you know, you're 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 a, you're a dumbass, John, and and uh, and and you're, you know, whatever it it, it hits you. It, it 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 you may not you may be strong enough to be like, OK, big deal. I don't, I don't care. But it, it does at least at least change your emotional state to some degree. Right. Even if you can you can shrug it off. So. So, 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 you know, so what I figured out was I said, okay, I'm, I'm taking, I actually took all the social media apps off of my phone. I took email off of my phone. I said, I'm checking email once a day. I'm checking YouTube once a week. Right. And I created schedules for these things so that, you know, and, and, and it, it might depend on, on, on who you are, but I know a lot of us, when we start blogs, we check the stats every day. Don't do that, <laughs> or, or more than every day, right? I, I know I've been guilty of doing checking it five times a day or something like that, or checking them. Am I getting comments? Am I right? Just figure out, figure out a time interval, and then you know put your head down and work, right? And 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 do the do the work for the period of time, and then you check in. Otherwise, you you'll just spend so much time checking in all the time, and you won't actually get into the deep work, or or you'll be able to break the deep work because you're like it, it's sort of a uh, it, it's sort of a, oh, you lost sound. It's, can the rest of you hear me? Yeah, yeah I can hear you. Oh, wait, I think Pauline is going to reconnect here. I think she's been out, in and out of the call a couple of times. Might be an internet thing. Oh, okay. Can you can you hear me now? Yeah, now I can hear. I just unplugged my uh, my headphones and and then uh, I completely lost the voice. I had to reload the whole page. So I missed like last, I guess, a minute of you talking unfortunately okay yeah so just to summarize basically what i'm saying is like tr if you're going to check stats or you know you can get a, a, a dopamine hit from which will break you out of deep work from going and check it's very easy if you get in the habit to say well i'm a little bit stuck on writing this blog post let me go check twitter or let me go check and see if i got a new email message or let me check my stats on on youtube or whatnot and and that'll break you out of the deep work and you won't be able to get as much done. It's it's better to just go, you know, go into hibernation 
do the thing, get the stuff done, come up for air afterwards. And, and then, you know, that, so, so those are the, the two, those are the two main things that I found myself that I think is, is pretty useful for making sure that you stay in that, that deep work state productivity. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, well, thanks everyone for, for, for joining. Uh, and, and yeah, so I'll probably put this out on, on YouTube. I think probably a, a month, a month from now, I'm going to try and stagger them, but, uh, but yeah, we'll do the next one will be February, uh, the first, whatever the first Friday is same time. Uh, and looks like, uh, looks like hopefully we'll be able to do Google hangout again. Cause I think this is better. So thanks John. Yeah. All right. Take care. Have a happy new year. Hey, what's up? John Sonmez from simpleprogrammer.com. Just wanted to let you know real quickly, if you enjoyed this little session here, it's a weekly call that I have the first Friday of every month, and you can get access to it. You can actually be part of the conversation, talk to me live, talk with other people, ask your questions. Uh, it's uh, Actually, you can do it for really cheap. Uh, all you gotta do is click here on this patron page, and this is how I'm doing it for now. It may change in the future, price may go up, but right now at the $20 a month level, if you sign Sign up there, you'll get access to this and you'll get invited to the call, which I'll post on the Patreon page every single first Friday of the month. It's right now it's at 3 p.m. Eastern time, and that's probably what the what the time will stay on that. If you can't make the live call, you do get access to the recording right away, whereas I put them on the YouTube channel much later. So that's a patron only thing. There's plus there's a lot of other cool stuff there that you can get access to, including signed copies of the book and shirts and, and all that and uh, in the Facebook group, which is was pretty cool as well. But I don't plug this that much because I'm not sure that I'm gonna stick with the patron route but this is your chance to get access if you want to if you enjoy this kind of conversation i hope to talk to you live uh next time uh, let me know if you have any questions I'll, I'll see you later take care hey what's up john here just wanted to make sure you aren't missing out only about half the content i put out is on this podcast this podcast is created mostly from the audio from the YouTube videos I put out daily. When you get a chance, head on over to youtube.com forward slash simple programmer and click the subscribe button to get access to two to three new videos every day. Even if you prefer the audio format, make sure you subscribe at youtube.com forward slash simple programmer so you can check out what you might be missing.